following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. The greatest time of the year is back. College basketball. That's right. March Madness, March Mania, and March Money. Join in on everyone's favorite game, the Bracket Challenge Contest at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account, receive your 50% welcome bonus, and make your picks. All the early lines for all the games are now available, so don't miss out on any of the action for the next three weeks at betonline.ag, the exclusive partner at Podcast One Sportsnet. Everyone told me I was crazy, and I knew that that was a good thing. Why? Everyone, you know, people were telling me, you're going to go sell underwear and socks, um, and you're going to go up against the biggest guys. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah, 100%. And I said, okay. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, via Skype, I'm speaking with the husband-wife team, Laura and Michael Dweck. They're the co-founders of Basic Outfitters, an e-commerce men's basics clothing line who made the 30 Under 30 Forbes list this year. And uh, I'm really happy that you're both here. Hello. Hello. Thanks Thanks for having having us. us. Of course. Now, where are you? Are you sitting right next to each other? Because this is over Skype. So what is the physical situation? Yes. We are sitting next to each other, which is very familiar to us since we work together every day. <laughs> you work together. You live together. You're sharing live, your lives yeah. together. And There are uh, some things we do that not together. Like what? We commute separately, actually. You really have a separate commute. That's interesting. Who gets as into work rule, first? As a rule. We uh, We... If we're both about to leave at the same time, we'll let one go ahead so that we can have our time. I understand. Will you ever go to bed angry? No, we will not. Never. Is that a rule? It, it is a rule. I think that's like a common one for, for married couples. I feel like I'm on a dating show. It's not a dating show. I'm just curious because uh, that was more for a self-interested question. I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff. I like um, it. I wake up in a panic every morning. Um, when you uh, have arguments at work or, or anything like that, is it is it hard to separate the two, like having, uh, you know, running a marriage and running a business? Marriage is definitely work, um, but it's not hard. I think the beauty of having a partner – uh, that you're married to in work and at home is that you both understand each other so well. Right. Um, and I, people started telling Laura and I that we look alike and we sound alike. So I feel like we're generally on the same page and, and the arguments are not really arguments. They're more conversations and, and we always seem to work it out. You do have a similar look. I have seen videos of you <laughs> and you do have a tendency to, to uh, finish each other's sentences, which is, I mean, I found it, it was very charming. Can I, can I tell you? Can I tell you a funny story? Yes. When we so we were on uh, this this past season of Shark Tank. I and, saw it, <laughs> and we actually had to plan. We're going to hold hands when we walk down the down the doors, the corridor, because they may think we're siblings. Oh my god! Yeah, it's weird. We get that a lot. That is hilarious. I used to travel <laughs> with my older sister, and I people would think that we were like this oddly. Um, like similar couple, you know, but with the, the, that showed no affection. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse. Yeah, it was it was no good. Let's talk about Shark Tank because um, 
What was that? I I watched you, and I and it's so produced the show, and the music is there, and the B roll right. is there, and the cutaways are there, and I, all I could think about was what the hell was it like behind the scenes at Shark Tank? What did they tell you? How, did you know that it was going to look like? You tell me. What was that experience like? Yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of people are very surprised to hear when we tell them that we were actually in studio for almost two hours right. um, filming. And what, what turned out to be a six-minute segment. Exactly. Correct, yeah. Exactly. Um, so it definitely left out a bunch of of the uh, of what actually went down, um, but you know, for the most part, they portrayed you know the highlights pretty accurately they did. I, I it was a it was an incredible experience i think being in there was very surreal because you watch it it the room is so familiar to you and right. they, and you think that you know their personality so well because you i mean we were on season eight right so seven seasons of of getting to know these guys um but i was like really upset because um when i was walking down the doors it turned out that that that, that fish tank or that shark tank is actually not real Oh, okay. So a bit of a letdown. The one for in, you. The, in the hallway, yeah. Bit of a letdown. letdown. Right. Um, were you aware that? I mean, you feel like I, I, I'm interested to hear that you feel like it was accurately portrayed because they were very excited by you. Just to, to summarize, they were excited by you, and then ultimately they started shaming you in the end for not taking enough equity or selling away 75 percent of the company. Right. Correct. Correct. So was that something that you knew? Were you kind of waiting for that shoe to drop or was that a surprise? I think we we were anticipating a lot of different, you know, angles that, that they would take. And it's interesting because you were saying like you look at it and you, you know that it's television and you notice the music and, yeah. you know, they really dramatize what went on. Um, and I think like at, at the end of the day, it's television. So there, there's, you know, we – in a sense, we looked at it as a positive that there was a hang-up and, like, some drama there. Right. Because it totally increased our chances of airing and, and made for good television and captured the audience's attention. Um, so we took that as a positive. But, yeah, I think we reacted the best way we could and just, you know, held our own. But were you, and, were you uh, legitimately upset or was a part of you kind of like, I'm going to sell this? What, is, how much of it is theater? That's what I'm curious. Yeah, so for us the most scripted part was you walk in and you do your and you do your pitch right. that was the <laughs> most stressful part yeah. after that um it's just a conversation just like we're having right now right. and that wasn't so stressful and we prepared i can't tell you how long we prepared to get on the show and we thought about all of the scenarios that would happen right. uh, based on based on our equity structure based on our partnerships and it was actually just a conversation. So for us, it wasn't that stressful. We sort of walked out of there saying like, oh, that was a nice conversation. It's unfortunate it unraveled like that. But then when they put it onto, <laughs> onto the screen and they added the music, people were like, oh, my God, you got the – you know. Right. No, right. we just had a nice conversation. It, it was a lot of post-editing, I would say, I in, would say in too, dramatizing yeah. that. But we, we anticipated that conversation and we answered everything to the best of our ability. So – uh, we gave it our all, and and at the end of the day, you know, we we had an amazing exposure, and and we got to keep our equity of the business, and and we're growing. Yeah, and explain to me, Laura, you made 
I really felt for you in that episode because there's that <laughs> moment where she – I'm blanking on her name. Lori. Lori, Lori offers you um, 125 grand for like 25% and then it goes to 15 You're You're like, okay, maybe 15% and she's like 20% and she's working with you and then you you go one more step on the negotiation. She goes, forget it. I'm negotiating right. with a ghost or something like that. Um, right. What was that? Exp- what What was your reasoning behind that negotiation? And were you just looking out for your partners? Yeah. At the end of the day, um, you're talking to somebody for two hours. As much as like you've seen them on TV, like there's not much you know about them personally. And we came in with a very fair valuation asking for what we did based on our sales. And I just felt like that was not on par with what we should be getting. And um, Yeah, and I think they made a big deal about like selling the farm. And I think there was a big differentiate. You know, there's a, there's a big difference in what an investor is and what a partner is. And we were looking out for our partners. And that's how we looked at our, our, three, our three partners that launched with us. And they kept... Uh, dramatizing it to be investors and angel investors and whatever you want to call it. And I think that that is a product of the society that we're living in, in in the startup world where everything is raising capital and who's your investors. We look at our partners um, as partners and they're committed to the company um, and giving us the best direction um, based on their backgrounds. And um, I think Laura's negotiation through that process was really looking out for them. And I think that's a testament to how much we care. Well, it's interesting that you uh, – because basically the structure is everybody has, I guess, a quarter of this, 25%, mm-hmm. so four partners. Um, and you feel – how did they feel uh, after you came back and after the episode aired? What was the response? I think the response was, um, you know, initially our goal was to hook a shark and we saw the value in that. Um, but after the fact, uh, when we saw – like when we – you know, relayed how it played out. I think we were all happy that in the end of the day, what was most important to us was that they reinforced um, how great our business model is and how great our yeah. product is. And for us, that was king. Um, you know, being having that exposure to, you know, on national television and just re, you know, reinforcing what we're doing is, right. is we're on the right path and the business model is yeah. great. Um, that was enough for us. Um, and then the, the fun drama was, you know, we, like we said before, it was like positive in our eyes because yeah. it makes good television. You, you can't, you can't replicate 6 million people watching Lori Grenier rub socks on her face. <laughs> That's true. And you know, it's on the top, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, but it was on the top 10 worst shark tank. Didn't they say, do you, have you seen that on YouTube? It's like in a list. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I don't feel like it's the worst pitch. It's just like. I guess it was the most um, – the the harshest? Yeah. I think people are mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean no. it's, it's – I don't think it's Shark Tank that did that. I think it's like that's yeah. a user-generated yeah, video. Some guy in his bedroom like was exactly. like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. throw this on there. But you know what? It's more exposure for us. Let them watch I, it and well, say it was the worst. I, I got to yeah, tell you the one thing ahead. I learned in running a business is you got to have thick skin and I, I personally love it. I love it. It drives, you, yeah. me, it drives me even harder every day. Well, I'm impressed. And you have thicker skin than me. Uh, I, I'm so sensitive. I can't tell you. People give me recommendations and I, I could start crying. But the uh, I have to tell you, um, I think you got the best K-1 
case scenario here because doesn't Shark, doesn't Shark Tank take a percentage if they go with you? What 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 don't they have a stake? So I'll, they used to. I'll 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 give you a little history. Please. They used to. Um, they used to take a percentage if you came on the show. Yeah. No matter what. The automatically. Was, automatically. And actually, when Mark Cuban Mark Cuban started on the show as a guest shark, yeah. when they brought him on full-time, he actually said that the quality of the people coming on the show are are not as good. And so you're putting a stumbling block in front of great companies. Because nobody worth their value would come and do that. Exactly. Right. So they actually phased that out. And what I heard is they retroactively gave back equity Interesting. Uh, to the companies that were on for the first few well, seasons. And taking a quick break to say that this show is brought to you by the Business Platinum Card from American Express. However you move your business forward, with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. It's a great episode, and I think you played it well Thank because you, you get – all the media attention from it, and you know who cares? They the people forget that all they remember is basic outfitters and right. uh, hearing and the name. And nasty their underwear is. <laughs> change it. There you go. So we're going to get to that now. But first, with the media attention, um, how important is that to you, and what else are you doing to get it? Uh, absolutely, media attention is extremely important for us. Um, I think that. You know, we saw the power of being able to tell our story to America and how that reacted. I mean, our sales Mm -hmm. jumped over a thousand percent growth in month over month from, you know, December to January, which is when we aired in January Um, and December being one of our biggest months because of holiday. So the proof is in the pudding that it works. Once people hear our story, they relate to it. They're like, my husband's gross. My boyfriend <laughs> needs this. You know, um, you have to tell and, the story, right? Exactly. You have to tell a story. Exactly. Speaking of which, let, yeah. let's let's tell the story now. I mean, this is uh, the origin story, so we have it um, for basic outfitters. I don't know who wants to to go first. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you have it down. Yeah, we got it down. We got it down pat. A lot of practice (laughs) for national television. So uh, when Michael and I first got married, we moved into this really cozy apartment in New York City. And, um, you know, I have a background in fashion and a lot of clothes, for that matter, with a very small amount of space. Um, We needed to figure out how we were going to divvy up our, our dresser and I took over majority of the dresser naturally and left it was Michael. Ninety percent. Took over ninety. Left Michael with one drawer for, and I was like, "This is for your socks and underwear." And that one drawer would not close. It was stuffed to the brim with like nasty basics that he wasn't. He hadn't worn, and I was like, "Basics, you need- just underwear." Socks, yes, underwear, socks, underwear, and t-shirts. t-shirts with Got like it. the pit stains and yeah. you know the holes in the yeah. socks. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like to shop. I don't like to shop, but I like to look good. Yeah. And I've also, and, and a lot of my friends also commiserate with me with this. We, we have this connection with things that we buy, and there's a story. Sure. Um, and so I had a really hard time parting ways with all of this stuff. And Laura basically said to me, "You're going to throw anything you haven't worn in about three months out." That's such a good and rule. We had we had garbage bags. I mean, we ended up donating the clothes, thankfully, but um, we had garbage bags of of stuff and yeah 
I had to start over. Um, and so I started going to department stores and socks were in one place, underwear was in another. And then um, my friends were like, just go online. There's all these new startup companies that are that are selling – Like me, um, me undies basic. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, they passed the savings along to you and I went on those sites and they still had the audacity to charge me $28 for one pair of underwear. You know, and I, I just – I don't like the shop. So $28 for one pair of underwear is going to get me one day. I needed to refill in bulk. And there was really nothing that was high quality at a low price. Um, so we decided that we can do it better. And we came up with our brand, which is Basic Outfitters. And then we had this amazing idea to make it really easy to shop because um, I turned out to be, like I said on the show in Shark Tank, a statistic. Men keep their underwear for seven years. And that was me. So Oof. we figured if we can make it easier for men to, to refill all at once, uh, we could probably bring that statistic down to every six months. Right. Right. I'm just trying to do the math and think of the last time I was in a Marshalls. <laughs> Ugh, I got to get, I got to, I got to get, I got to get stuff together. Um, maybe I can get a promo account after this interview. You got it. We'll see. No, 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 no. My producers, but we don't do that. I'll listen. I have a way. I have the internet. I can get my own. I'll buy my own. No problem. Well, that's interesting. So now what were you doing though, before you had the business? What were you both uh, for work? What were you doing? So I was working in the fashion industry as a merchandiser and designer, and so I've really been in, talented. Thank you, and uh, that's why I keep him around to boost my ego all day. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So, <laughs> so uh, I was I've been working in the industry for I had been for over five years at the time. Okay, and Michael had a much uh, more unique background. Michael? So I um, I was working after college. Well, I'll tell you where I really started. When I was in college, I landed an amazing job working for um, the principals of Century 21, the department store in downtown Manhattan. Right, right. Um, so that was like my first dabble in, in fashion and, and in uh, retail world. Um, but I realized that I really wanted to do something a little bit more socially impactful. And um, that's when I landed an amazing job at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in Manhattan, um, the number one cancer hospital right, in the country. Yeah. And so I started from I started from uh, just an entry level job at the started from the bottom now mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, we like to have fun um, so uh, so I worked my way up to uh, to management where I I managed all of the chemotherapy and um, surgical outpatient units so wow. my background was operations and management um, for the hospital and so. Um, when this idea came about, I said, well, I have background working in retail, um, and I'm sure I could take my, um, my management and operations background and apply yeah. it to building a company. Yeah. And I think the number one takeaway that we, that I built the company around was really the customer service element because I always, everything, every day I went to work, it was, what am I doing to better a patient's care or their, right. their time with us in the hospital? And so by no means are we curing cancer, um, you know, basic outfitters. But we like to say that we're saving marriages, and through our customer service and our and our and our excellent customer service, we're making people happy. Right. Well, you, so you have this idea, and the two of you are up late. You know, you're talking at home in the cozy apartment. Yeah. Is there a point where you're thinking like, I mean, it's so it's so fun to talk about these things, and then it's another thing to actually do it. 
So what was the moment where you were like, hey, you know what? Like, let's stop romanticizing this. Let's create a business plan. How did that happen? Because I think that I think that would be interesting to listeners to get that to know what that jumping off point was. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think Michael and I always had like this like grand dream. We were like, we're you know entrepreneurs at heart. We want to do our own thing, um, but we were waiting for that light bulb moment. And I mean, we were you know it didn't happen overnight. We definitely like were you know we were thinking about the idea, playing it out, like hashing it out. And I think to Michael's credit, I don't think if this was me alone, I would have ever started the company just because I'm a crazy perfectionist and I would have like keep postponing it until it's like perfect. And um, Michael just was like, I'm going to jump in head first and in between like lunch breaks and at night, you know, he would work on the business plan and really hashing out like, is this something viable that like financially will make sense that will appeal to the right you know, the customers and we, you know, we were very calculated about, mm-hmm. uh, who we were going to target. And we had this hypothesis of who our target customer would be, but we wanted to ensure that we were on the right track. Yeah. So we invested in market research to make sure, you know, we understood if the, this was the right customer, if we were targeting them properly, what their shopping behaviors are, that we were starting off the bat on the right foot. Right. And then that was the, the really the, the launch pad for us. Once we understood that we could, sell these products that we that I needed as a necessity we then understood the shopping behaviors and that's where that created drawer model um, stemmed from where I said well I need all these products how can we create a better shopping experience and that's when I quit my job and focused on it uh, full time and created the business plan and the sh- and the unique shopping experience mm-hmm. um, that you see today. Did you have to take on any debt to get this started? No. So what Laura said before was we always wanted to, we always wanted to uh, do something on our own. So we're both savers. I used to lug around the cooler on the beach when I was like six um, to, to sell cold water bottles. So right. we, 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 we had money and we said, you know, we wanted to do something great and we wanted to build something for our children and our grandchildren. And so we fortunately had saved up our life savings and put it together and right. we didn't have to take on any debt. So you went all in on this and did people did people tell you this is a good idea, this is a bad idea? What were you hearing from people in your circles? Everyone told me I was crazy and I knew that that was a good thing. Why? Every, everyone, you know, people were telling me you're going to go sell underwear and socks. Um, and you're going to go up against the biggest guys. You're going to get uh, your ass kicked. You're, yeah, 100%. And I said, okay, then then it has to be more unique. Then I have to do something differently. And I think that what we did was we took approach that said, okay, underwear and socks have been the same for, for years. And let's change the way people shop. I think that's that's the beauty. I started researching every company I could. And it wasn't it – wasn't, my direct competitors that I was learning from necessarily, it was, okay, the Amazons or, or even Apple, it's what are they doing differently? Um, and what approach can I take? And I think that came down to how people shop online. And that was the aha moment because like Laura said, if I had, I had the problem of refilling and I could have looked at it of, yeah. okay, I just need underwear. But rather I said, the problem that I have is shopping. And so taking that step back, I said, we have a great idea. 
and everybody's telling me I'm crazy because they're only seeing it from the product level and I was looking at it from the shopping level. And breaking for a minute to say business can be done from anywhere, in the palm of your hand and at the source. However you move your business forward with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum card, backed by the service and security of American Express. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Serta Memory Foam Queen mattress, now just $397. You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in, this sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. And it really is about shopping habits, right? Consumer right. habits. Right. It's it's giving people the ability. It's like this real everybody needs socks, underwear, t shirts, joggers. You know, they, mm-hmm. it's an annoying thing to shop for until now. Until basically It really is. It really it, is. It's annoying and it's like expensive to load up. Yeah. And we're like how do we answer all these problems in one you know, yeah. drop. Well, I will tell you, yeah. I every underwear that I buy is the wrong underwear. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I'll say, let me say this. Let me put it differently. Every underwear that I buy is a mediocre pair that I'm kind of guessing where I'm like, this will work and I never want to do this again. And it's been four years. And so I buy like, you know, you buy six pairs and then the same, it doesn't make any sense the way we do it. So I have no – I don't think I have great underwear. And uh, my girlfriend can confirm all this because she says <laughs> you need better um, – she would like to throw out everything. But we're uh, taking the relationship you, one one week at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was like focusing on the, the convenience element. And, right. and at the same time, we wanted to make it uh, you know, customizable for anybody. So with our creator drawer, you can choose whichever socks you want with whichever – you know, underwear yeah. and T-shirts mix and match, and there's like a crazy number, like over fifty thousand combinations that you can make with the drawer. Um, and you're getting a lot of product. You're getting a ton. So you're like, it's you know, four clicks. You're done. Check it off your list, and you're like, you can take a deep breath and feel good in your basics. And the underwear is designed from us we design it's your design Laura we do it all is, Laura's an amazing designer well, okay She's i'm really going to have to try it yeah and you you do briefs uh you do do um boxer briefs yeah. okay i need yes, like boxer, a middle middle of the road yeah okay boxers yep interesting okay great and we we try we try and touch on i think we're always trying to push the envelope we look at ourselves as a as a fashion company yeah. Um, and we also look at ourselves as a technology company. So we're always trying to fuse those two. So from a web right. standpoint, the, the integrations that we build, but I think to Laura's credit and her team's credit, um, they're always trying new fabrics and they're trying mm-hmm. new, um, different designs. And so for instance, one of our best sellers is our performance underwear, which I'm a big tennis player. So performance I underwear. Like yep. Performance underwear. I like live in them. Um, and Laura decided to take it to another level. So now she's working on new fabrics that are that wick away more moisture right. for those sweaty guys. That's what um, I need. Performance underwear. I think that would be great. Um, yes. Where are the clothes manufactured? So we manufacture them overseas. Um, all of our 
All of our factories are RAP certified, which means that they are accredited to be safe, uh, humane, lawful, um, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Because we have that as like our utmost priority when we were starting this. We were like, there's no, there's no no area for no shortcuts. No shortcuts. No shortcuts there. Um, and we know how important it is as a, as consumers. We look for that, and and we know our consumers are looking for the same thing. And um, so that was very important to us. And what were the bill? What, how many? How much? Uh, say how much business did you do last year? It's a good question. So last year uh, was our first full year. We did just about uh, over a half a million dollars, um, which we were really excited about. And this year we're on par to. Grow about five hundred percent. Yeah. Who? What are the demographics of the people? What, tremendous growth. What? What are the demographics of the people who yeah. are buying? Where? Where are people buying? So our 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 main demographic is the millennial male, um, aged eighteen to thirty four. I'm in um, there. But I'm in there. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> we're we're seeing we're seeing really um, even even more micro in that is it's. 24 to 34, um, mm-hmm. we're seeing it's it's men who are um, just graduating college who are coming into a little bit more money and they want to look good, they want to feel good, and they're living in the big city. So New York, L.A., um, Texas, Texas, and, and Detroit, Chicago. So It's all really all across the country, but I would say those are our biggest okay. markets. Yeah. Okay, the coast, and, yeah, big cities. Yeah. And the, the very interesting piece, which I think your girlfriend will appreciate, mm-hmm. um, is that I think what, what was the number? 30, 35, 30, 30, about 35% of are, our customers are female. Are females buying for their significant Interesting. Others. You, uh, I have to say, the commercial that I've seen online has a lot of, I would say, hot and relatable guys. Very good looking and relatable guys starting their day in slow motion, uh, drinking coffee, getting ready, yes. and putting on their underwear. Yeah. It's a great yep. commercial. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What when it when, what, who does who produced that and uh, how did that come about? So I think so. If anybody's out there listening, interested in in, in a startup, um, I think this is a great story. Um, it's all about networking. So I uh, we we our offices are in a WeWork, and um, I was walking down the hallway one day. And I saw one of the old doctors that was my boss at Sloan Kettering, um, his big face on a screen. So I got like nervous that he was watching me. <laughs> and I decided to knock on, on, this, uh, on, on the guy's door and I said, what are you working on? And he said, I'm, I'm actually sh- working on a video for the hospital. Um, this is what I do. I, I create uh, you know, kind of like boilerplate videos. And we just got to talking, had a drink. And it turns out that he was like a pretty big deal um, in the video, in creating um, commercials and, and videos. And I told him a little bit about Laura and I and, and some of the thoughts I had. And, and uh, But we're a startup and we're really strapped on, on cash to do something like that. Right. And he, we ended up becoming really, really friendly. And about a month later, he knocks on my door at WeWork and says, I'm in. I love what you guys are doing. I just put on the socks. My my girlfriend now his wife is is in love with them and I want to work with you guys. I was like, "Great. What what do you got in mind?" He's like, "I'm going to make you guys an awesome video." I'm like, "Okay, great." 
So we, we ended up putting our, our heads together and he made an amazing video. And I think it was a testament to that was the video you saw. Um, and did he get and- 25%? <laughs> he he didn't. Uh, I think he just got a few pairs of socks. Ah, no, okay. uh, he, no, we we came up with a deal. But yeah. I think the lesson was was really the networking, um, and I think for us also um, just being able to to show people the quality and giving them the, the, the pair of socks for whatever reason, socks and underwear uh, strike a chord with people. Right, and so he he really fell in love with our stuff. He's a big advocate for our stuff, and he's always. We're still in touch. I actually had a drink with him this week. Um, and, and I think that the story of like showing somebody going through their day in their basics right. was came about just from, you know, what we want our company, you know, and service to be for people. Like, you know, we everybody's walking through life wearing socks and underwear. And it's like what you do with that. And, you know, we we got together with some um, influencers and bloggers and, you know, they all have very different like lifestyles and interests. And we wanted to show how that customizable element of the drawer, um, how you can really make it your own and and go through your day, however it is you do, uh, wearing all of our our basics. I'm curious, is it important to have slow growth or are you looking at like make it is it, is it, how quickly do you have to move? How competitive is the space you're in? So it's it's pretty competitive. Um, I think we're we always sort of straddle that uh, that line of like you know we do want this this to grow organically, but at the same time like we we know we're onto something and we want to grab as much market share as we can while we can. Um, so we're pretty aggressive and in like constantly pushing the envelope and and growing and. You know, we're working on a woman's line for next year. Um, after Shark Tank, there was a huge response uh, from women asking for a woman's drawer. Right. So we, you know, as as big of a step as that is, we were like, there's no time to waste. Like, let's, let's jump right in. And um, I think there's like that balance of moving fast in your mindset of, of growth, but at the same time, like, you know, working within what you have and, yeah. and, and making it uh, making a very strong foundation for it to, to grow on. Believe it or not, the startup world is, is pretty small. And so we, like I said before, we, we love to network. We love to talk to people. And one of the themes that we're learning right now is that when you're aggressive on raising money, your job becomes raising money and capital. And so yes, raising capital and, and, right. and having that explosive growth is, is really important. Um, but at the same time, Laura and I are very calculated on keeping our vision and and being focused on what we're doing, and so that's really when we talk about we straddle that line. We're we're looking for that explosive growth, but it's it has to be calculated. Okay. And how important is investing in in advertising? And where do you advertise? Like what what, what places are you are you using? Yeah, adver- advertising is is huge, right? You you always have to be telling your story. You always have to be getting your brand out there, um, and so. It's, it's pretty amazing with technology, the, the new ways to get your name out there. Um, we have, a, we have a, a strategy that has a number of different pieces. So number of different pieces of pieces is Facebook, uh, Google, paid search, things of that nature, but also the offline marketing is really, really important to us. Yeah, and I think um, as a startup, like we, we always 
are forced to get a little scrappy with their advertising. So um, one example of that is like we have these those socks that Lori was rubbing on her face and on Shark Tank. There are like shining star, super soft socks. They're incredible. Every time somebody touches them, they're, they're blown like butter. away. But then we had this challenge that we were were you know displaying them on web where the customer can't touch them yeah. before they they buy them. So how are we going to communicate that? So you know we we put our heads together, whiteboard meeting, and, and got a little scrappy and threw a bunch of super soft socks in a shopping bag. Walked into Times Square and, with a camera and decided to offer people a pair of free socks for their honest reaction and. People were like, what? what's going to happen if I touch a sock? I'm like, no, no, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Just right, give us like, right. your honest feedback. And we got such incredible content because it was authentic and it was real. And people were comparing it to like ice cream and like the softest like <laughs> animal they've ever yeah. felt. And, and it was just like invaluable for content wise. And we right. were able to use that. And it's just like a testament to thinking outside the box. And yes, there's the usual advertising mediums that most companies are using these days, but, you know, trying to, to make it work for, for your company. Right. Well, you can. It's interesting when you talk about uh, Facebook advertising. I mean, you can drill down the age and location and everything mm-hmm. like that. For can you give other small businesses a sense of like how much money is appropriate to, for, for that kind of a spend in a quarter? That's a difficult one because it it varies with different companies. Depends on what they're mm-hmm. selling, what the product is, and you never know what's going to catch. Right. That's why I'm always amazed by BuzzFeed. They're always able to make these like viral videos. Um, it, it depends. If if something catches, um, you you can spend the penny. Um, I, I think you need to look at what you have um, and say what is what is your. I think it's all about metrics, right? Right. How much am I willing to spend to get a customer to click or to buy, um, and what's that return? And I think we look at it as a direct return on ad spend, um, and so that's how we measure how much to put in. Right. Yeah. And the strategy is always to to test before you uh, throw a lot of money at something. So you just test a bunch of ideas. Whatever yeah. works, you, you blow it up. Whatever doesn't work, you skip. And uh, that's kind of the, the method. Yeah. I, I It's it's funny. We, we've tried so many different things that I, it, it's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it got us to this point with our with our initial investment. We, we knew, hey, this is all we have and this is we got to make it work. So test, 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 test. Well, and finally, what are, what are your actual titles? So I'm the creative director. I am a co-founder and president. All right. So, um, but, you know, it... We, we, all, we, we both wear a lot of hats. We, we change <laughs> titles every day. It's actually uh, in the office. It's, it's, a, it's a running joke. It's like, what's your title today? Yeah. So, so thank yeah. you very much uh, for for spending time with me, and uh, it's been great to hear about about the business and uh, and about the relationship. It's all very inspiring. Thank you, and thank, thank you for so having much. us. All right, take care. Bye bye. Take care. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under thirty. That's the number thirty at podcastone.com. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. 
like our fan-favorite Serta Memory Foam Queen mattress, now just $397. You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in, this sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.